Glory. Freedom in the glory. No formulas. No ritualism. No external sorceries. No flesh and blood. Just spirit. God is spirit. Those who worship God must worship in spirit, internally, in the hidden person of the heart, without any external mixture of religion. I mean, really, how much grace and faith do you want to operate in? Do you want to operate in the measure of grace and faith that God the Father do? I mean, that's why it says in Matthew 6, Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. I can't be perfect. Failure, failure, failure. Well, I tell you the truth, all humanity has failed. That's just religious pride, thinking you could be something in your own soul. You bring your soul to his victory, 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 and you'll sing a love song constantly. You'll sing a song of joy and jubilee constantly. You'll never be discouraged. You're only discouraged when your salvation is based on your performance. Once you get over that religious pride in you that says you got to do something to be saved, it's like has something to do with you and your ability and your thinking and well, I tell you the truth, it's all faith. Yeah, I mean, you can read the Bible and make that a work and it'll curse you. you know, it's a dead letter that kills unless it's mixed with faith and you're in love. When you're in love, it's never work. When you're intimate and you're married, it's never work. It's not work. No, it's love. Love is not work. Love destroys the works of the flesh. Intimacy destroys Martha's attempt to please Christ by working. Mary and Martha, right? Mary brought spiritual worship, intimacy. Jesus Christ said she has chosen the better portion and it will not be taken from her. Those that are Marthas are saying, come be a Martha with me, trying to get you to back off from going deeper in the glory because you only experience the glory by intimacy. And how intimate are you? I mean, how much glory are you birthing out of your heart? There is evidence of intimacy. It's called birthing things, you know? You can't hide it. You get pregnant, you get stretched out, you get out of your comfort zone, you change, you know, you morph, and then you birth something. When you are intimate with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your heart, there will always be evidence of birthing the promises of the Scriptures into the natural realm. Whoever's the most intimate with God the Father will birth the most promises, will display His glory. And... Sometimes there are works. I mean, this is a work, broadcasting seven days a week, you know, 365 days a year. But since it's on, all in love, it's not work. It's love. It's a labor of love. The priesthood of Melchizedek is 24-7, 365. So if you want it on earth as it is in heaven, you're a priest. You're burning. I make my ministers flames of fire. We never turn the fire off. Burning ever brighter to the full brightness of the Son of God the sun of righteousness, the morning star rising in our heart, and day dawns. And when your day dawns by intimacy, truly experiencing the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working mightily inside your spirit, man, that's how your faith grew so much, you know? You had to walk by faith, not by sight, for years and years and years in order to have the physical manifest glory coming out of the, the brightness of your countenance. It's true. Because everything in the external realm wants to dim your light, wants to put out your fire, wants, to, wants you to calm down. Not too much righteousness. What church do you go to? What cap can we put on your oil? What cap can we put on your brightness? If you keep going, the morning star is going to dawn through you and destroy religion worldwide. 
It will destroy institutionalized religion worldwide. Why? Because there'll just be the freedom of the third heaven on earth as it is in heaven. I looked and I saw no church there, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its church. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. That's the scripture. It actually says temple means building shelters. And is that a threat to the charismatic? No, it's a promise. It's a promise. It's not a death threat. It's a loving promise of a city of heaven on earth where righteousness dwells that you can live in the fullness of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's glory. That's the eternal Sabbath day's rest. We just bring the promises that are for this generation and those that are operating in human ability persecute it big time. Oh, wow. If you want to pioneer anything in the Spirit, those that are complacently satisfied will oppose you. They will oppose you with everything they have because they have poured their blood, their sweat, their tears, their fight. You know, when they start giving their finances, when they're serious, people have poured in billions of dollars into buildings made by humans. You think they're just going to let them go up and smoke? They're all, every single one is counting on revival in their building. Every single one. They want revival in their building. They want all the people in their building, in their shelter. They want all the finances of all the people in their building under their covering. Not a single one will get it. Not a single one, says the Lord. Not a single one. This revival that never ends will be under God the Father. It will. And the pastors of this revival are those that walk in the hundredfold glory realm of the mountain of transfiguration. It's true. Now the sixtyfold will have sixtyfold for eternity. But the hundredfold will rule and reign with Christ a thousand years with no mixture, which means they have sacrificed all their human ability for the divine ability. They have sacrificed all their human nature for the divine nature. They have sacrificed all of their blood, all of their mind, all of their will, all of their emotions. Everything that makes you, you, you've given to the Father constantly to be burned as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Amen. God was challenging me during the worship time today that we do every day. If you don't know about it, joelsbar.tv. There's an hour of prophetic praise and worship and proclamation that we do before the preaching. joelsbar.tv. And he was saying, how holy do you want to be? How set apart from worldly religion do you want to be? Do you want mixture? I mean, do you want to be like John the Baptist? John the Baptist was a pioneer and forerunner for Jesus Christ's first coming. That's what the Bible says. He was a pioneer and forerunner for the first coming of Jesus Christ. The pioneers and forerunners of Jesus Christ's second coming are going to be like John the Baptist in the first coming. John the Baptist was excommunicated from institutionalized religion. you got to understand that they were all excited. They loved God. It's not like what they were doing was bad. I mean, they're obeying the Bible. They're going to synagogue. They're giving generously. I mean, my, it looks like revival in the synagogue. Until John the Baptist came and raised a standard that made them look like sinners. To the point that the pastors of institutionalized religion, you got to understand, Pharisees aren't like today when you're calling someone a, a religious hypocrite. You call them a Pharisee. But back then, Pharisees were the heroes of Israel. Hero. I mean, it'd be like talking about Heidi Baker or Bill Johnson today. I mean, to be perfectly accurate to the, to the word and the understanding of the culture in the first century. It'd be like literally saying Heidi Baker and Bill Johnson and all these people in the care. And we love those people. We honor them. We love their ministries. We bless them. Hallelujah. But that is how 
it was with John the Baptist and the Pharisees. And the, they were the heroes. They were looked up to by everyone that was the saved citizens of heaven. They were the, the covenant people. Put it in a, Christ, a Christian context and gain understanding today of how radical Jesus Christ's first coming was. That everything they thought in society was good, John the Baptist came and raised a higher standard and Jesus even higher after him. Because Jesus wanted to prepare these people because they, there was no transition from just the radical righteousness of Christ from synagogue, you could even call it synagogue revival. Revival in the synagogue couldn't even compare to what the Messiah was bringing. John the Baptist was the spirit of Elijah to prepare them to be free from institutionalized religion because they had no grid whatsoever how to live in shelterless, you know, open heavens, how to live in heaven on earth. No grid whatsoever. It was always about a man, a human covering, and a building system. That institutionalized religion is 100% satanic to the core. It is. It is not a redeemable system, and it is not in the Seventh-day Church. It is not in the Kingdom of Heaven. If it doesn't exist in Heaven, you can guarantee it will pass away on Earth. Was it a transitional time to restore people out of the religion? It was to materialize through the human intellect what the curse of the fall actually was. What Adam and Eve got themselves into by following the serpent out of the glory realm of an open Eden, of heaven on earth, just do whatever you want, have fun with the Father, walk with the Father in the coolest city, live off His word, daily bread, fellowship with God, perfect union with God in the glory, eternal life on earth. They had eternal life. They lived in eternity. Time started at the fall. Time started at the fall, by the way. They lived in eternity, and then when they followed the serpent out of the glory cloud, out of eternity, into the, the natural dimension, that's when religion started. And so the Old Covenant and the Mosaic Law and the Levitical ritual and all of the, the traditions of the Jews in the Old Testament was to make all of that known of what Satan and his angels did to Adam and Eve on an earth level. It was the encapsulation and the materialization of the curse of the fall. It was to, to bind you up into a religious system. It, it manifested the curse of the fall. So there could be no confusion about religion. That's really what God was doing for the first 4,000 years until Jesus was taking everything that Satan and his angels did and materializing it so that man's mind can start to get renewed to come out of the curse in a 6,000 year process of time to enter the seventh day since Adam. And on the seventh day God rested and on the seventh day now all humanity will rest. It was a gradual transition for our understanding. He's the ancient of days, and a day is as a thousand years. In the last six thousand years, the last six days was for our transition out of full-blown religion of, of serving the serpent, which is religion of the flesh and blood, into serving the Father in the glory in religion-free zones, which is heaven on earth. Heavenly Jerusalem is a religion-free zone, a demon-free zone a ritual-free zone where it has zero to do with your soul 
and your performance that has 100% to do with the Father and the Son's soul and the Father and the Son's performance called the River of Life. The River of Life flows through the broad way of the city and you can eat from the Tree of Life on both sides of the river. Which means on, on earth you can eat from the Tree of Life now through the blood of Jesus Christ. That everything in the third heaven, the veil's been torn, is available through Jesus Christ to manifest through your spirit. The issue where the charismatic church, even the prophetic church, has missed it as we've tried to do it in externalism. That's the transition now. Even my favorite ministries that we honor, that we play all their music, are God-outside-minded. You cannot transition into this perfect realm unless you come out of the externalism of not understanding the new covenant. How Adam and Eve operated in the beginning is how you operate now through Jesus. The full internal plumbing of God the Father. The same plumbing, the same working, the inner working that makes God God now works inside your body. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work inside your body. How it's activated inside your inner man and your eternal spirit man is by the revelation of the Word of God. Everything works by words. Not one thing in heaven and earth and under the earth works except by words. When Jesus Christ was teaching, He said, A sower sows seed, and the seed is the Word of God. And it goes into your hearts. It goes into your spirit. And it can bear forth 30, 60, and 100 fold, depending on the sacrifice of your soul to the Word. Not everyone's willing to go all in. Most people want to live a partially natural existence on earth. Whatever. God allows it, because He's very gracious. But then, He says, the enemy will come and sow lies into your spirit. And Jesus said, I didn't sow weed seed. These sprung up from an enemy. So, the enemy works by words, and Jesus Christ works by words. So, heaven and hell work through your spirit man by words. We call them witchcraft prayers. We call them word curses. Or we call them the living word, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. All of that, all of that is working through your spirit all the time. The issue is, most people have the enemy's words working alongside the words of God. And they're just, you're at war. There's internal conflict. You know, there's good and evil warring in your members. Paul deals with it in Romans chapter 7. The, the good things I desire to do, I cannot do. I want, I want to stop doing, but I can't. There's a word war going on inside him. How do you get it all out? The river. You drink the river. The river is the answer for everything. And in the river, the word of God alone remains. Water is the most corrosive substance on earth, and it will eat away all those other words. It will wash away the lies. And so the bad seed grows up with the good seed, because nobody grows up perfect. Not in, It's impossible. In 6,000 years, you have this environment on earth that is in total spiritual conflict. There's death and hell all around you. People are full of lies. Nobody has ever grown up perfectly after they've started serving God. Abraham didn't. Moses didn't. Moses was killing people. My God. Abraham serving idols. Abraham nearly gave his wife away to the Pharaoh. I mean, every man and woman of God in the Bible screwed up royally many, many times. So you are too. 
and you just get over it. And that's because the bad seed grows up with the good seed and through the testing of the fire of life and, and just causes your soul to wake up to how good the good seed is and how bad the bad seed is because you don't realize it until it matures in your own heart. And that's what causes you to have a greater commitment to God is having the weeds grow up with the wheat inside you. Oh, and every person has both of them growing up inside you. Your breakthrough is actually growing up in the glory and even causing the things in you that are not from God to materialize and to be cut out of you. For them to expose their evil, ugly heads and you realize... That's the part of me that needs the Word. And you let God cut it out of you, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, until everything that has been grown inside your heart is only God's living Word. And the glory of God is what grows up the words in your heart. The Bible talks about a time when everyone's hearts will be laid bare and nothing hidden in the heart can be hidden anymore. And it will all be brought into the light. Everything whispered in secret will be shouted from the rooftops. That's by the glory of God burning through everyone's hearts. People's hearts are getting purified by the fire of God en masse society-wide right now. There is a purity hitting all the world. You'll find en masse repentance is just around the corner because it feels good to be clean. It feels good to be in the river. It feels bad to be dirty. Nobody wants to feel icky and gross. People want the pleasure, but they don't want the repercussions of the sin because it feels like death. After you sin, you feel gross. You don't want to feel gross. You want to feel clean. You want to feel good. Only with the Word of God working in your spirit can you feel clean and good all the time and with no repercussions. Entering the glories, entering the ecstasies of the Word of God. The Word of God is what makes us like drunk men. Jeremiah 23.9 I am like a drunken man because of the Lord, because of His holy words, like one who's had too much wine to drink. That's what the Bible says. The drunken glory is the holy word consuming your spirit. That you have so much Bible written on your spirit that all the promises are manifesting. That's called the fruitfulness of heaven. Philippians 4.15 Not that I desire your gift, but that it might produce for you fruitfulness. Amen. The fruitfulness, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. That the fruit, that your whole heart would be bearing forth the fruit of the Word of God. All the promises being birthed and realized through your renewed mind, through your souls. And the soul not warring against the Spirit, but the Spirit completely crucifying the soul constantly. How? When the soul realizes everything you desire for life and godliness comes from the Word planted in your spirit. And it's watered by the river. And the roots of David and the bright morning star is formed in you. That's the tree of life formed in you. Your new root system as a new creation creature in Christ is the roots of David. The roots of David only drink from God the Father's throne. Jesus Christ is the roots of David and the bright morning star. He's the mediator between God and man, and Jesus is in us. And because He's the man of grace, there's infinite grace for your spirit to grow according to how much word you can receive to be burned upon your spirit. If you reject the word, you reject a greater glory. So a lot of people got to go around the mountain. They beat their heads against a brick wall. That you know they realize there's nothing else here except serving God. 
you know, Ecclesiastes 12, and the, the whole meaning of life, everything's meaningless, meaningless, the chasing after the wind, except obeying God's commandments, which is His Word. Commandments is His Word. It's a lot more than ten, because every promise is a commandment. Every pro- And it's not, you have to, it's not a pressure on your brain to perform. It's not religious ritual. It's not sorcery. It's not Levitical law. It's that your heart will be completely built up with the word of His grace and you'll be totally sanctified in your soul and raised out from among the dead. Your soul is an elevation according to how built up your spirit is with grace. Your soul can be in a low elevation or your soul can be in a high elevation. There's elevations in the Spirit. Jesus talked about elevations. He said, Capernaum, will you go up into the heavens? No, you'll sink into the sea. He spoke of cities' elevations, and there are elevations for your mind. As you go from glory to glory, you go into a higher elevation in your soul, and the scales fall off your eyes, and you begin to see by the eyes of the glory through your soul, through your renewed mind. And how do you rise from the dead? By building up your spirit. That's why it's only by faith, because you can't see your own spirit. You can see your natural man, but that's the lie. That's not who you are. That's just stardust. I mean, that's just stardust. That's not who you are. You're a spirit that has a soul that lives inside an encasement of stardust. That's what flesh is. It's stardust, and your spirit is a part of God the Father. It came out of the Father. Before I formed you in the mother's womb, I knew you. You are a piece of God the Father on earth. You are a child of God. Everyone is. But if their souls don't realize it, Satan can steal their inheritance and take them into hell. So the issue is waking up by revelation that you are a part of God, a son of God, a daughter of God, and an, and an heir to the promises of Jesus Christ developed in your spirit that will so build up your spirit that your soul rises in elevation above the natural realm. It's called the heavenly sphere. And you live in the angelic realm. And you don't live a human life anymore because your head has raised into Isaiah 35, a highway of holiness where there is no unclean thing. How holy and set apart from Babylon the Great do you want to be? How set apart from the natural lights? By natural lights, I mean religion. That's what religion is. It's serving the external good. Serving external good is serving the fallen angels. Satan will never tempt you to serve external bad. I mean, once you're born again, you don't want to live a bad life. He only tempts you after you're born again to serve an external good life. The knowledge of good is what caused Eve to fall in the beginning. That's what religion is. That's who Satan is. He's not an angel that tempts you with bad. He's an angel that tempts you to be good in your own soul and you trample Christ in your own spirit. So you never connect with Christ. You never develop your spirit and you live out of your own brain. That's the spirit of Antichrist that's in the world. The spirit that denies that Jesus has come into your flesh. And when Jesus comes into your flesh and your mind realizes the glory of Jesus inside your spiritual stomach, then He begins to grow. Then your faith grows. That's the renewing of your mind, the growing of faith. Faith is a mustard seed. It grows up to be the largest of the garden plants. What's the largest of the garden plants? The tree of life of the Garden of Eden. So the champions of faith and the champions of grace who have completely sacrificed their natural ability for the soul of Christ. The soul of the natural man is the skull where he was crucified to completely rid the world of carnal religion. 
That's the chief of the beasts of all the field. Satan works through the beast. Where's the beast? On the forehead, the brain, the carnal mind. Satan in Genesis is called the chief of the beasts of all the field. He is the beast master of the carnal, unrenewed mind, of the animal nature, as it was in the days of Noah, where everyone's an animal. Every unrenewed mind is an animal. And so people that have sacrificed the beast and sacrificed the natural man for the spirit man to be built up are coming around with the fire of his love to burn up the animal sacrifice and remove the beast from everyone's spirit life to be free from the beast, the false prophet, and the red dragon, which is all the external deception that's in the whole world. Everything that's in the world is a lie. The only truth is Christ in your belly. And this is the time that the bride of Christ begins to birth the promises of Christ out of her belly. That's what causes revival. Not anything of the soul, not anything of man, not anything of church. This is going to be the least religious thing you've ever seen. You're already seeing the persecution towards red letter ministries being crazy. You know, you haven't seen crazy. You haven't seen wild. You haven't seen freedom. I mean, I feel like I'm still in bondage compared to where I'm going. You know, I like there is so much more freedom that's coming in the increase of the glory, in the increase of the renewing of our mind, in the increase of the animal sacrifice, in the increase of glory burning through our brains. I mean, that's where the glory and the freedom really start to get strong is when you realize, wow, my flesh actually does count for nothing. John chapter 6, it is written. And my spirit has God the Father's throne in it, and my Father is a man of fire that created the angels and created me, and He wants to sacrifice my natural realm so I can live by His ability as a being of light. Hebrews chapter 1, He is the light being, and Christ in me is the outreign brilliance of the Father in me. So I had the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit perfectly working through my spirit man with all of my blood and all of my brain sacrificed to His power. His power. His glory power. That's the only thing the enemy is scared about. The sons of God manifesting in the power of the glory of the Father with infinite wisdom and revelation by intimate knowledge of Him. Intimate knowledge. Not external you know, knowledge. That's not intimate knowledge. Ephesians 1.17 says it's intimate knowledge. It's only based on intimacy. And what's more intimate than having God in your own spirit? It's spiritual. Spiritual intimacy. Wisdom is intimate because it's working inside your spirit. Hallelujah. You can't fake it. You can't, it can't be external. It has to be internal. Wisdom builds her seven pillars. And wisdom prepares a feast. Wisdom, what does it say? Proverbs 9.1 has killed the beast. Can you believe the Bible says that way back then? Solomon had revelation on the beast back then. Reading Genesis, he knew about the beast. He knew about the animal nature. He understood that the animal sacrifice was to atone for the sins of the flesh, to live supernaturally in the glory. And the priest could no longer minister by reason of the cloud because Solomon had sacrificed a thousand whole bull offerings and it atoned for the sins of the people so that they could experience the glory. But it wasn't a perfect sacrifice to allow the Spirit to open up and release the glory internally again. Jesus Christ is that sacrifice. It opens up your spiritual stomach to release the fullness of an ever-increasing glory, what Adam and Eve walked in in the beginning. The only issue is staying connected with all your souls submitted to the Father's throne and the Lamb's throne in your belly. And leaning not on your own personality, walking by faith, not by sight. 
If you're confused, read the Word. Read the Word out loud. Worship God. And develop an intimate relationship inside your own body with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I mean, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? You're in the New Covenant. You have to grow in God-inside-mindedness. You have to develop. It's, it's so foreign to human nature. It's so foreign to the animal nature that everything every day is a little uncomfortable. It's a little awkward. You, I mean, every day I'm stretched into new realms where it's, you know, you're relearning how to talk. You're relearning how to breathe. The air br- smells different. The air feels different going into your mind because your mind's more renewed. It's uncomfortable metamorphosis by the fire of God for the carnal brain. Every step of baking in the Father's glory. I mean, it's fun. It's pleasurable. It's bliss. It's ecstasy. It's righteousness. It's it's good, and it's it's what you need to do. But it's it really is a constant irritation to the natural man, to the beast. That's why people get irritated, and that's why they come and persecute it, because as you're burning up and sacrificing yourself, that fire is overflowing from you and hitting everyone in your region. Your breakthroughs touch everyone region-wide, because all humanity is one. There's no separation. The separation of humanity is by the fallen angels lying into people's souls, giving them individuality. In heaven... They're one. What does John 17 say? Father, I pray they may be one even as we are one. The high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ, that we would be one. Why? Because we really are one. And when we awaken spiritually, we count the carnal nature as garbage like the Apostle Paul. I count my education, my knowledge, my opinions, my interpretation of Scripture, everything as garbage to be taught of Christ, to be taught of the river, to be taught of this glory, to be taught of this fire, to to be taught experientially, In the love of God. In the fire of God. The fire of God is the love of God. And you're only loving others to the measure you're burning in the seven spirits of God. Seven torches blazing of the Lion of Judah, the high priest and apostle of faith, for the animal sacrifice. If you love people, you will be burning up their beast nature. And the beast nature squirms. It's a, it's a blasphemous, bottomless pit. It'll have every excuse. It'll wiggle around the fire. It'll attack the fire. I'm not dying. I'm not giving up that sin. Pride, pride, lust, lust, pride, pride. Because that's all that exists in the flesh and blood. There's not a single good thing there. The beast, who, I mean, what animal wants to be sacrificed? Really, you know, it's going to squirm. Get me off this altar. I'm going to die. Yes, you're going to die. You're going to die to sin and live to righteousness. So everyone's irritated by the righteousness of the fire of His love burning through the intimacy you have with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit inside you. And you keep going. Even though the beast is squirming and and saying, Stop, you're killing me, you're hurting me, I'm dying, all this stuff I want to do with my life is burning. And You keep going, and that's love. Love is the fire of God that burns the animal sacrifice of the mark of the beast into the lake of fire, setting the nations free from the flesh to live in the spirit of glory. We love you guys. Be blessed. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Sow a seed into this word just like you would in Sunday, only into Red Letter Ministries so we can grow this ministry bigger than any church in the world. RedLetterMin.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.